Welcome to the Conscious Relationship Uncoupling and Parenting Summit. It's me, Lucia Gabriela, your host and producer. And today we have an incredible woman and a great speaker. Her name is Milo Wood. So let me just read a little bit about her. She is a pioneer with courage who bravely speak about the things that make most of us uncomfortable. Milo specializes in teaching individuals and couples the art of connection creating and cultivating the choice of arousal to deepen intimacy, sensation, and pleasure. As a sexual being, mother of four teenagers and pleasure enthusiast, Myola appreciates the time constraint, daily and social pressures that can havoc on our erotic life. Myla teaches way to explore and enhance your love making in everyday life, using techniques and practices that can turn you and your life on. Take your intimate life from ordinary to extraordinary. Have the orgasms you have read and dreamed about. You deserve them. Milo Wood is a certified sexological body worker and somatic sex educator with extensive experience in education, body work, and energetics. So if you have had enough of mediocrity, ready for change and desire intimacy, connection, and arousal, Stop wishing and hoping and start now. Let's welcome Myla to our summit today. Thank you, Myla, for joining us and saying yes to the summit. Thank you for having me. It's, I'm so thrilled to be part of your Conscious Relating Summit. It's something close to my own heart. Thank, Thank you. you. So before we dive deeper into this special topic that we have about, about Conscious Relating, Conscious Relate, um, how do you start yourself? How do you start in this journey of conscious relationship? What, what brought you here? Well, many years ago, I started off, I suppose, on a conscious, being a conscious being and bringing consciousness to everything that I, that I do. And I mean, not that, you know, that often got me into trouble. I often knew too much. I often, you know, I always, always had a sense, an inner sense, something inside me that, thought there must be more and you know I would get in trouble for my parents or from school that said well can't you just be kind of happy with what you have and this is just enough and, uh, and although my life was enough there was a sense that there was more and that there was more than what we could see and there was more than what we could be here and I started a journey on becoming very conscious in the way that I live my life and then I took that into my relating as well my relationships how am I with people how am I with my lovers how am I with my children um, I've got four of them so I you know have taken many journeys it hasn't always been pretty or beautiful but it's always been insightful and it's always been I like to, sometimes I think, you know, how does it, how do I still have so much, you know, it appears sometimes I still have so much stuff to learn and so many things, but I, my essence is, you know, what we, when we know more, we know that there is more, more, more to learn and it's that we don't know, we don't know until we know it. So we're so excited to learn more about uh, the three secrets to relating beyond a fairy tale is a new paradigm. So, um, after your presentation, we're going to come back for questions and answers. And, well, I'm so excited to really learn from you today, Myola. So here we go. Hello. I'm Myola Woods. 
And today's presentation is Three Secrets to Relating. So beyond the fairy tale, a new paradigm awaits. This is always you know, very exciting for me that given the opportunity to move beyond what we, what we think in our minds, what we, you know, some of the limiting beliefs we have, and we can really go deep and intimate with the people around us. It's very enthusiastic for me. So thank you for listening to my presentation. So let's begin. So some of the areas we're going to cover today is we're going to bring it home. I'm a very practical person. So we're going to bring it home to you. We're going to discover some ways of letting go of the fairy tale, have a little insight on what your fairy tale might be. We're going to have a look at how we can remove the distractions We're going, so, so that we can have time to really go, you know, really go deep with someone and really be intimate and vulnerable with someone because that takes, that takes a bit of uh, consciousness and a bit of uh, openness of our heart to do that. And we're going to talk about practice time. We're going to talk about how you might include practice time into your everyday life. So a little bit about me to before we start. So I'm a, you know, I've got a, a mother of four. They're, they're moving now. They're all nearly into teenagers, you know, between 11 and 18. And without them, this wouldn't be possible. So they are my, my shining lights. Over my time, I started off as an energetic worker and massage and, you know, I've moved into education and I've always kept the two, the two sides, the education side and the energetics, um, learning, body work side. And a long time ago, I realised that what, what was happening was people would come and see me and they would, they would, they would have, no matter what it was about, if it was a sore shoulder or a sore knee, they would, there would be something in their intimate lives. And I worked, the two ends, that, and I worked a lot with, you know, mothers and pregnancy and pregnancy massage and post and, and you know, before, and it was just beautiful. But I knew that I didn't have enough skills, and so I went on a journey, my own spiritual sexuality journey, and really learnt a lot about myself and where sexuality was for me, what it meant for me. And I also learnt what it was, some physical skills as well. So to work with people physically in their, like, in their bodies. So I've still maintained those two sides and now I've narrowed it right down to my market is you know, really intimacy and relationships with people so that you know, people no longer have, you know, no longer have to suffer and tolerate things that they no longer need. That's a little bit about me. And Lucia might have some questions for me at the, at the end. So let's have a look. The secrets, the three secrets to relating. So we let go of the fairy tale, we remove our distractions and we include practice time. So let's have a look at the fairy tale. So I invite you in this moment to just take a breath. Take a breath. Notice, notice where that breath goes. Does it come in your mouth? Does it come in your nose? Where does that breath come in for your body? 
And just noticing. Just noticing what's happening. And just intending, if you can, just intending to bring that breath all the way down to your pelvis. And then just allowing the breath to come out. And at each breath, you're just noticing what's happening in your body. There's nothing to change, there's nothing to do. Just noticing. You might notice different things happening in your body. With each breath, you become more and more alive in your body, noticing what's happening in your body. And I'm going to ask you a few times as we go through, just to notice what's happening in your body as I say different things. Because often our body allows us information that we don't ordinarily have. So our mind tells us, you know, the narrative tells us different things. But we can also, our body tells us if we're contracting, if we're happy. And we can, we can have lots of information from our bodies. So when you hear me say the fairy tale, where does that live in your body? If you can get a sense of where that is, It might be in your belly, it might be in your heart. And just see if you can describe it. What does that look like? <clears throat> what does that look like? And what colour is it? Does it have a texture? Does it have a picture? Does it have a movement? At this point, I just want you to get a sense of it. Just get a sense of what, what that might be in your body. And if you don't have a sense right now, Often these things will come to us when we're doing something mundane like the dishes or unpacking the dishwasher or hanging out the washing. So these, this will come to you later. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is our expectations. So from this place of the fairy tale, what are your expectations? You know, I know some of my expectations were that you know, someone would look after me um, and that someone would come and you know, be a knight in shining armour. Well, that's unrealistic. So along the way I have done many things to remove my expectations from what the fairy tale, from what the dream in my mind, because that's really what it is, it's the dream in our minds, it's not... It's not real. We've fantasised or we've created something in our minds or in our bodies even that is not true. So if we want to make a different way of relating, then some of the things we can do is like find out what our expectations are And we can make a commitment to change. So what might some of your expectations be? From yourself and from your partner. 
My favourite saying is, expectation is the mother of disappointment. And what a world we would live in if we were able to let go of all expectations. And we allowed our lives to unfold and we allowed our lives. That doesn't mean that people don't make promises and people, you know, if they, they break their promise, then that is, that is a different scenario. But some, most of these expectations we have are not talked about and are not, sometimes we don't even know that we have them. Sometimes we don't even know that we have them. So as we sit here or as you listen, what is one expectation that you have of yourself in relationship? And what is one that you have about your partner that you may not have known? And so now that you've asked that question, you will find over the next little the next few days that something will arise and you will be able to go, wow, this is my expectation and I didn't know. And then you can make a choice. You can make a decision. Well, can I let it go? Am I willing to let it go? And you can make a choice. And if you're willing to let it go and let go of the expectation of having someone to look after you or having someone to go and collect you every, look after your emotional needs. Then that, for how much freedom will that give you? So be aware over the next few days, now that you've asked the question, and then a commitment. Yeah, so the dictionary meaning of commitment is the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or an activity. So in this instance, I'd like you to talk about and think about what does a commitment mean to you? If we want something to grow, if we want something to be loved and nurturing is the way to get it to grow. We, you know, if we had a plant, if we put a little seed in the garden, we would come and water it and we would watch it sprout and every time it sprouted, we would be so excited that it sprouted. It sprouted another leaf, woo! We wouldn't say, oh, geez, it's only been this and you've only, you've only done a leaf. We would be so excited. We can be that way with ourselves and our relationship as well. Our relationships take commitment, both to ourselves and to the other. And in this instance, I'm not talking about a commitment um, like being married by law or being married. I'm talking about a commitment between yourself to yourself and a commitment from your partner to you so you know exactly, exactly what you're dedicated to and how much you are dedicated so that you know your strong base to work from. If you're both in 100% committed to being conscious to a new paradigm, then it will happen. If you're only, you know, 25% in, well, then you will have 25% change. It's all about how much we put in, how much we get out. So number two, remove distractions. 
So some of the ideas is, you know, turning off the devices and talking about those uncomfortable things. I'm going to go into that more in a minute. So anything that takes us from this present moment is a distraction. So where are you now? Can you feel your body? I'll ask you to take a breath. And just notice what's happening in your body. So turning off the devices. We have so many devices these days. The TV, the computer, the phones, the tablets, the iPads, the, the, the Playstations, as many I haven't listed here. So finding a way to turn them off, finding a way to have screen-free time and having silence and quiet time, not only for yourself but with you and your partner. It also makes, you know, when I was talking about commitment, it makes a stand that, well, I am committed and I'm going to turn my phone off or I'm going to, you know, between seven and eight every day. There's no phones. There's no computers. It's just you and I sitting, having a chat, having a yarn, doing whatever. The kids may be there. The kids may not be there. But you know, you can make these decisions as you, as you move along. And talking about the uncomfortable things, Often we let things build up. And one of the things I find in my work when the intimacy stops is when vulnerability and emotional connection has stopped. So when people feel, when there's something that, is not, that has not been said. And so I just want to get your sense in your, in your body. How do you know when something's not said? Often it starts with a little, something didn't work right. Something was a bit glitchy. Something was a bit, oh, that didn't quite feel right. I wasn't quite as open. I wasn't quite as expansive. Like sometimes it's what, what's not there that you notice. When talking about those uncomfortable things. So when, you know, conscious relating, we have ways, you know, when you're present with someone, and when you've turned off the devices and when you've made a commitment to make it, make it, no matter what, then there's a place for presence, there's a place for vulnerability where you can share and share what's going on from you. From a place of this is what I noticed, you know, when you said... I needed to take the garbage out. It reminded me of when my brothers um, had, you know, they had more, you know, they, were, they would get in trouble when I was younger and it reminded me of that and I felt myself contract. And so I want to talk to you about it because I just noticed that that's how it made me feel. It's not to make somebody else wrong. It's about us owning our feelings. It's about us owning what's going on for us. And it's about finding a way to move forward with that so that you're sharing and being vulnerable. I mean, intimacy is vulnerability. The more vulnerable we are with someone, the more we can let down our masks, the more roles in the world we can let go of, the more we can really feel someone. And that in essence of life, is what we want. We want to be and have love. 
you know, I, I've come to a, you know, I've done lots and lots of work over the years and I, I've come to a point where I think maybe the Beatles had it right. All there is is love. And until we get there, until, you know, we find what is in the way of that, we will continue to you know, grow and be vulnerable and love each other. So number three. Now, what do we practice? So I mentioned, you know, having a practice session. Oh, that sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? You know, well, you know, I'm with someone. Why do I need to practice? Like, what? Now, how does that work? I'm suggesting that in our intimate lives, we set up practice sessions. We set up a time. We set up a space, and we practice. And it's a time where we practice our touch, our movement, our sound, our breath. We practice asking questions. We practice our curiosity. We practice our noticing. So when you hear me say, practice, what do you notice happening in your body? Does it contract? Does it get excited? Does it expand? Or does it think, ooh, that feels a little bit strange? What happens in your body? when you hear me say practice. So practice time. You know, I found the beautiful quote. You know, I love the, the four agreements. So you don't need to justify your love. You don't need to explain your love. You just need to practice your love. Practice creates the master. So for me, practice time is exactly that. Where we get to practice. I get to ask, you know, I get to practice my movement, I get to practice my touch. I actually, you know, my sense is that we need to practice time with ourselves, only, you know, practicing on our own bodies as well as practicing with our partners, our lovers. And allowing them, allowing them to be. So when we're practicing our breath and our movements together, the idea of practice time is that it's allowed to be clunky. It's allowed to be clunky. And there's a difference for me, I mentioned glitchy earlier. There's a difference between, for me between glitchy and clunky. When we're trying something new and we want to have fun and we're curious, and we're noticing what's happening in our body, then that can be clunky. When it's glitchy, when I find that intimacy is glitchy in myself and with the couples that I work with, it's often that there's something emotional not said. So it creates a glitchiness in there. So I encourage you to be clunky as much as possible and set up a time that is you know, 10 minutes every day and maybe one of you takes turns one of you takes turns in touching the other so you can practice well how does this feel and do you like this slower do you like this faster do you like how would this be better because when we're in you know when we come to the concerto and when we come to the um 
we come to the concerto, I've got a big picture of the of the orchestra for you. When we come to the concerto, we want to be on. We want to be game ready. We want to be alive. We want to be in touch with ourselves. So when if we take time during the week to practice and we practice asking those questions, then when it comes game time, we can be focused on the game. Because often what happens when arousal takes over is we forget and we forget to ask questions and we forget to have, um, we just forget. We're in the moment and when that's not so good, we find it hard to come back from that place. So if we practice and when we practice, we're practicing with no agenda, we're practicing with no judgment and not having to get it right. Often when arousal is in place, we have to get it right. Like we have to get this right because if I don't get it right, then things are not going to flow and we're not going to have a climax and things are not going to end well. So there's, there's this essence of we have to get it right. And when we're doing practice time, we're not doing it for pleasure, particularly there could be. We're not doing, we're fine, we're, we're, we're doing it for curiosity and we're doing it for, for, you know, noticing just like we would if we were learning, you know, a new language or a guitar, an instrument, we would be picking it up every day and we would be practicing every day so that we knew what our instrument could do and we would be practicing it in different, different ways and different, in different scenarios, playing different music, just to see, just to be curious, just to kind of get a sense of what can we do? How does this work? All right. ah. So just having a breath and noticing what's happening in your body. And what would it be like if you practiced every week? Practice with yourself and practice with your partner. Well, I just want to take you back to the beginning. Where you're letting go of the fairy tale. And what part of the fairy tale would serve you to let go now? What part? And if it's time, you can let it go. Making a commitment to yourself and to your partner. Let's make a commitment to relating differently. Letting go of expectations. And then what would happen if we made some time every, every day, inquired, and we talked about those things. We talked about some of those things, our dreams, our hopes, our ideas, our loves, the things that open our hearts, the things that close our hearts. And we talked about them, talked about being vulnerable. And if we practised each week, 
the practice together, touching each other, moving with each other, breathing with each other, so that when we came to playing the concerto together, our lovemaking, our intimate life can be extraordinary because we've put in the groundwork, we've fertilised it, we've nurtured it, we've loved it. And then when it comes to game time or play time or our intimate time, it can be pleasure and mutual pleasure and extraordinary ways of relating together. So this is just the beginning. You know, the three secrets I've shared, if you practice them every week, will will make your intimate life extraordinary. It takes dedication, it takes, it takes commitment. So if you wanted more and you wanted accountability and you wanted more freedom, I have two offerings coming up. I have a 12-week program for women starting in October. And so if you want to know more, please contact me. That is for women who are ready to move beyond the stereotypes, move beyond, you know, they know that there's more and they know that there's more that they could be having and maybe they've lost their mojo over time and maybe they're not quite sure who they are anymore but they know that there's more and they know they're essential, succulent, sexy, soulful woman and they want that. So that's my Orgasm Mastery 12-week program that will have both learnings, group learnings and group coachings every week in a private environment. So message me if you would like to know about that. If you're ready for the couples program, I have the pleasure code. I'm the founder of the pleasure code. And for me, that's couples who have a strong connection but maybe have slipped into friends instead of lovers. Maybe have slipped into well, you know, it's been so long now, I don't really know how to make it back and I don't, it's okay as I is, you know, we're okay, we're doing all right, things are okay. And, you know, and people, often these are the people that everyone thinks is, you know, has the perfect relationship. So if you wanted to, you know, instead of looking like you have the perfect relationship, if you want to have it, then I have a six-month program for couples that takes couples in, you know, takes them through vulnerability and intimacy with passion and desire and they move back to being, you know, they st- they, we, we grow from that friendship to lovers and intimacy and their repertoire expands and their freedom expands and they just, you know, they renew that joy of each other. It's just, it's beautiful for me to watch. And for you, for you I have my ebook which is the five principles of sacred lovemaking and there's in here is there's five principles uh, and each one individually has a set of instructions so that you can take your your lovemaking to the next level i hope you enjoy i really hope that i'd love some feedback i'd love some hear from you here from the presentation So from the three secrets of relating to the five principles of sacred lovemaking, I wish you all the success in moving your relationship and your lovemaking to the next level.
Thank you very much. That's my presentation today. Thank you, Myla, for such a great presentation. Um, you touched areas that many of us forget about it, and it's so beautiful to see that you brought them together and also help us to remember those. And one of my favorite, um, well, that too that I really resonate a lot with, it was the aspect of removing distractions. And, and I feel like definitely like uh, having all this technology and all the cell phones around and having an inside of the bedroom, I feel like a lot of my clients are like the first team that had to get out of the bedroom is <laughs> so the technology. And, and how do you, when it comes to technology and removing distractions, you know, and now we, we, we understand that people are like living life like very, very speedy life. Like they, they're going through so many things and they have so many things to do in a day. And for so many people feel like so impossible to be without that. Like they, they find resistance to really actually just leave the cell phone in the kitchen counter and go to the bed, you know, and just relax themselves. So what would be one of the mindset or one of the questions uh, for that individual to act themselves that help them to transcend that resistance of just letting go of technology and just get into the you know, bedroom without it? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I think, you know, one of the new addictions, isn't it? The, you know, we're addicted to being available all the time. And so, you know, asking yourself, asking ourselves, you know, if I turn my phone onto airplane for 10 minutes, if I, what will happen? And maybe starting with little increments. So, so starting with 10 minutes, starting and then increasing to 15 minutes and then in, increasing it to 20 minutes so that, you know, that anxiety of not being in touch with the whole world can then start to come up. And what I would invite people to do is once, you know, if we had a thought that oh, I'm going to turn my phone off and what if there's an emergency and what if there's this, we'll, we'll, we'll feel that and go, okay, well, okay, if there's an emergency, what will happen? Okay, well, it will have to wait for 10 minutes until I'm finished. I mean, there's not really very many emergencies that are going to happen. So, you know, start to analyse and start to have an awareness of what the narrative is in our, in our brain, what that conversation is, so that we can start to go, okay, well, that's actually not true and that's actually, well, I, can, I can let go of that. I can start to actually, if I was present and I took a breath and I was in my body and noticing what was happening, I could let go of my phone for 10, 15, 20 minutes and... What I, you know, find is that once people start to let go, then they're happy to let go for it overnight. Then they're happy to, you know, I think we've just become used to it and so therefore it's the taking it back again, becoming becoming used to being um, distractionless, becoming more centred in ourselves. Do you feel that um, individuals that have this um, persistent of letting go of the technology behind and, and just really enjoy themselves in the bedroom with their partner or just even with themselves and the pleasure you know just being in that state of just sacredness do you find that uh, many times it's because they have an issue of, of, of 
they need connection at some level and they find like they think that they're getting it through the cell phones or through Facebook or social media that they just need that attention that is not that they are like more glued to to that intention behind it then actually uh, it's one of those needs do you feel like it's, it's a need that people uh, have to understand themselves at a deeper level uh, uh, when it comes to like attention and recognition and and just just wanted to be accepted by many people. That's why I sometimes I usually see that case happening around. Yeah, I, I think that you know Facebook particularly is geared towards giving us those feel good hormones and activating those oxytocins, and so therefore it's a then a practice to put the put the devices away and come home to the body, come home to our own body, and come home to my partner who's with me. And yeah, that's that's a you know that becomes a practice. That becomes I need to be here and what is happening in my body. And I encourage people to come when we're in here, when we're in our bodies. That's where the sensation happens. That's where pleasure happens. And for me, you know, pleasure is love in motion. So having that um, having that sense of sensation and pleasure, sharing with someone or sharing with myself, it becomes a practice then and I think possibly it's something we we're currently relearning correct I agree with you and, and I mentioned it because it's something that is happening on a very big scale that especially now that we have technology at a very young age and the, even the kid when you're talking about parenting in the summer too we see the hick hook into the computer devices and they lose in the aspect of connection with other individuals and even with the parent and sometimes I can say like you know I'm not a saint on that but sometimes I even find myself that I was like you know you I work for myself on other times so it's like it's because it's a very interesting dynamic of just getting back into your center, getting back into your body, getting back into the practices of connection every time. So it is it is important to talk about it and to um, find ways without shame and without guilt to help those individuals who are hooked into it and they have a hard time to get out. So when it comes to individuals and couples, how do you feel a partner should invite the other to let go? Because it can become very frustrating for somebody that you're here, you're in your body, you're present, and you want that intimacy, and your partner is not there, it's not at that level. And and how do you actually navigate? Like how, like let's say myself, I can navigate with a partner that it is like so hooked in technology that it's having such a resistance, having a hard time with letting it go. How can we communicate that? Like, if there's any trick or advice that you have for ourselves and our audience, like, yeah, well, I would have two. I would have kind of two ways. If you could speak, um, you could speak to it very vulnerably and say, you know, I would like us to have some time with no. No TVs or no distractions, or the phones away. We leave the phones in the lounge room, or we go to, to the bedroom, or uh, and make and, and speak to it like that. Because I want to have undivided attention with you, and I want to share a really beautiful space with you. Like so, telling people why you want something is often not just you know you on your phone too long, and it drives me crazy. But that's often not what we're wanting. What we're wanting is something deeper. We're wanting a connection. So I you know say I want to connect with you 
and know that you're here with just me. I want to know that. Um, or and then you know, once you also and set up an agreement, you know, when we go to bed or we you know have our practice time, or then there's no phones, there's no distractions, and then and then once that agreement is set by both parties, you can then say, well, didn't we say there was no there was no distractions, no things like, and you can kind of without saying. I told you this would happen, this is not how it always is, all of those things, without taking all of that in, you can say, didn't we make an agreement that there'd be no, and so everybody knows exactly what's going on there. So. Beautiful, thank you. Yeah, I know that audience, and they're gonna be enjoying that, because it's something so simple, but sometimes we forget to really put in practice, and that's the only thing I really love about why you presented today, it's not just creating a sacred space for us to create our intimate moment and deliciousness and get it in our attic. And you brought up the, the, the aspect of, of practice, which is critical. Like every master, practice and practice and practice. And many people, what I see is like, you know, many of us, uh, it's like thinking that we're doing it once or twice or even ten times is enough and okay I'm good at it so like just bringing that awareness that everything we do is actually act of practice every time it's like a ritual like I like to call them rituals the whole aspect of practice that they are very conscious level so like having a ritual and and just very consciously and just being there present for yourself for the world for for the mother nature for the universe is is delicious but mostly important like you pointed out is no agenda no judgment you know, um, not having to get it right, and also not having it to get it off, which is like four different um, aspects of, of, you know, being in your practice, and just be conscious in your practice of having no agenda, you know, like having no judgment in that. It just really levels up the standard of that practice. I really, really love that, and I appreciate that. So, if you want to collaborate a little bit more on that, you want to share something more about that. Well, for me, it is the practice. It is, you know, like you say, we, we think we do something once, and you know, we. I mean, most of us didn't have, you know, sex education, and most of us didn't have, you know, touch education. We kind of go by what we've learned, or and if, you know, if we don't have any, you know, some of us don't have touch skills, then we need to practice, and we need to practice with. Um, so that we can learn and be curious, and we, and often when we get you know put arousal in, some of that curiosity disappears, and so we want to get it right, and then we want to have an agenda, and we want to do this, and we want to do that. So if we take that all away, and we have our little practice session, then we can just practice and, and be curious and notice. Well, if I do this, this happens, and what happens if I move this way, and what happens if I do this, and what happens if I move this way? Then there's a sense of. Um, Lightness and a sense of keeping that intimacy and keeping that joyfulness going through the week. It's not just something that happens on you know one night a week or two nights a week or whatever. It's something that happens all the time. We're incorporating it into our everyday lives. Ah, fascinating three secret. <laughs> I love them. They're so much useful and practical and. What would be one of the secrets that you shared right now that 
our audience could apply today and if they're consistent to it they I would say like just one of them with consistency uh, will help them to bring their relationship to the next level practice Practice. Practice. <laughs> I felt that you weren't going to say that one. <laughs> practice. Awesome. Practice, 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 make the master. And I really love the, um, the verse that you recited. So it was beautiful. So thank you so much, Myla. It was such a wonderful presentation. I really appreciate you. Thank you for uh, being in our summit today and sharing your amazing wisdom for our community. If you have any few words of wisdom you would like to share uh, before we go, but also how we can find you again. Okay, so um, thank you for having me. It's been great. Loved it. And you can find me on eroticcoaching.com.au. And if I have words of wisdom, they would be, you know, follow the pleasure. Follow the pleasure. Follow Delicious. The <laughs> Thank you so much, Mile again. I appreciate you and uh, see you next time. And for all of you amazing, uh, amazing community, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you in our next episode of the Conscious Relationship of Coupling and Parenting Summit. See you next time. Bye.